Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi folks, welcome to the Game Week 9 review episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode first thing Monday morning, so there's still one more game to go in the Game Week, which is Tottenham versus Fulham tonight. Hopefully Hyungman Son and James Madison do the business in that one. In today's episode, a quick review of how the troops performed in Game Week 9. We'll check if there's any new members to the 59th Minute Club. The watch list gets updated. I'll highlight a few stats that caught my eye from the weekend, answer listener questions, and finish with an early look at captaincy and potential transfers for Game Week 10. There's plenty of European action again this midweek, so as always, the advice is be patient if you can with those transfers. There will be another episode on Friday after the pressers, so make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening for that one. A quick review of the game week so far. Bank the free transfer, 65 points with Madison and Son to go, which has given me a small green arrow from 327k to 315k, so about a 10k green arrow. Hopefully the two Tottenham attackers can build on that on Monday night. There was blanks from not too many players. They all came in defence. Turner with the one-pointer against Luton. I will never start Turner again. Johnson is now going to be my set-and-forget goalkeeper. Gabriel blanked, which was kind of expected against Chelsea. And Matty Cash also blanked, but his fixtures are very good for the next three game weeks. The points came from the reliable suspects. Trippier with 10 Watkins with 11, who's been my player this season, very happy owner since game week one, although I do have to admit there was a couple of occasions where he was close to being sold, so thankfully that didn't happen and he's still there. Jared Bowen, who I brought in last game week, delivered with an eight-pointer, good fixtures coming up as well. Bruno delivered with seven against Sheffield United, but that might be his last appearance in my team. Captain Haaland with 16 and Julian Alvarez continues to deliver as well with a nine-pointer, so overall... A good game week, despite not having Mo Salah. I say a good game week, an okay game week. It's not a, it's not looking like a huge green arrow, 
but it's nice to get some kind of green arrow when Captain Salah did the business for other managers. And Mr. Salah is very much on my mind this week, so we'll talk about him in the question section and in the transfer section also. Unfortunately, no new members to the 59th Minute Club in Game Week 9 unless something happens in the Monday night fixture, so keep an eye on that one. A few notable mentions, Mateta at Crystal Palace and Calvert-Lewin at Everton just about scraped through to 60 minutes. Very lucky boys. Some other notable mentions for players that are in FPL teams. Inchenko managed just 45 minutes in that Arsenal-Chelsea game. Shimakis, who a lot of people brought in last week, and I've added to the watch list this week. 61 minutes, locked in the clean sheet. Very good news for his new owners. Hoyland at Manchester United, just 62 minutes. Not ideal, not a great FPL pick at the moment. Neither is Gabriel Jesus at Arsenal. He played 68 minutes. But there was good news for the Newcastle guys because they won the game early. Trippier, Gordon and Wilson were all substituted after 70 minutes. So they got about a 20-minute rest, which is good news ahead of Champions League and future Premier League matches. So as always, Monday night and in Game Week 10, keep an eye on those clocks for the dreaded substitutions. Quick watch list update now. Not a huge amount of change here. It's more about players removed rather than players added. Just two new members to the watch list this week. Shimakis, who I mentioned a lot on Friday's episodes, Wanted to see him start, wanted to see him get some points, and then he's straight on the watch list. Liverpool have good fixtures. If you're looking for a cheap defender around 4.4, 4.5, Shimakis is probably the way to go now. Also added to the watch list, and maybe he should have already been here, Douglas Louise from Aston Villa. Is that his fifth goal of the season? Scored a brace at the weekend. He's on penalties. He takes corners. He often tries to score directly from corners. I think he did that again at the weekend. I was listening in the car. The commentary seemed surprised, but he often does that. Lots of routes to points for Douglas Louise, playing in a very attacking team. He does get forward from open play as well. And kind of reminds me of a Luka Milivojevic pick from a few years ago at Crystal Palace. I think did Milivojevic scored maybe 10 or 11 goals in one season. All of which, or at least 95% of them, were from the penalty spot. So when you've got a penalty taker who has other avenues to points as well, Milivojevic did back in the day. He used to take corners also. Douglas Louise is a very interesting option. There's a question later, you know, Cash, Diaby, Watkins, is that the best Aston Villa triple up? Or is Douglas Louise now in the best Aston Villa triple up? So certainly on the radar, I think he went up in price Sunday night. Might be about 5.5 million now. Players removed. Vladimir Soufal wasn't on the watches for too long. Four assists in a row. Back to reality at the weekend. Getting pumped by Aston Villa. Never really thought I was going to go for a, a West Ham defender anyway. Even before that Villa game. You know, the stats weren't good defensively. The third worst team for expected goals conceded. So it's not a huge surprise to see them concede quite a few against Villa. So Soufal was on the watch list, is no longer on the watch list. Phil Foden is also gone. Again, maybe should have removed him from the watch list a couple of weeks ago. But I've got Haaland, I've got Alvarez. Not looking for a City attack and triple up. And whatever it is about Foden, fantastic player in real life, but never really translates it into FPL points. There's a few stats on him later in another section of the podcast as well, but not interested in Foden. I think there's plenty of better FPL midfielders elsewhere. 
I've also removed Ward Prowse. I think it's four or five blanks now in the last six or seven games after a good start to his West Ham career. The main reason I've removed him is I've got Jared Bowen, so I won't be going for double West Ham midfield. If you can't afford Jared Bowen, who I do think is the best West Ham attacker to own, I still think Ward Prowse is an okay pick. He's probably in a similar bracket to Douglas Louise. He's pretty boring, but there's lots of routes to points. Has been playing a little bit deeper than he was in the first couple of gaming, so which is not great for his in-play prospects, open-play prospects. So, Bowen's the West Ham player to get. Ward Price has gone from the watch list. Still no K pick if you have him or if you can't afford Bowen. I've also removed Alexander Isak. He was on the bench, didn't train last week, was on the bench. Wilson started. And I think for as long as Wilson and Isak are both fit and they're, you know, Eddie Howe's not start, starting both players, I'm not really interested. And again, Watkins, Hall and Alvarez front three. I'm not going to be removing any of those guys for a rotation risk Newcastle attacker until there's an injury to Isak or Wilson. I can't really see myself going there. Archer from Sheffield United has also been removed. He's been on the watch list for ages, basically just as a, an enabler if I was ever going to move to a 3-5-2 formation. But like I said, I'm happy with my with my 3-4-3. So Archer has now gone from the watch list as well. He did have some good underlying numbers at the weekend. I think it might have been maybe four shots, three in the box or something like that. So if you have him on your bench, he's absolutely fine. But I'm not looking to restructure formation in the near term. scout stats now from the members area I jump in there every Monday morning to see what the numbers are telling me from the weekend defenders first of all Matt Doherty former FPL legend 4.3 million got a start for Wolves and created three chances can he become an FPL legend again time will tell Trippier and Ben White Ben White with his very exotic new haircut. Both players created two chances. Trent Alexander-Arnold had four goal attempts. On paper, that looks good. Dive a little bit deeper. All of them were from outside the box and zero were on target. But good to see Trent taking pops at goal. That's what we know he's good at. Another Wolves defender, Dawson, 4.5 million, had three goal attempts. He's always been a fox in the box in his time in the Premier League. Shimakas took three corners. Again, on paper, that looks good, but a little bit deeper. Suboslai took five corners and Trent took four. So Shimakas is basically third in line there, you could say, in terms of the numbers from that game. But good to see Shimakas taking some corners, adds to his potential. Trippier was the highest, had the highest expected goal involvement among defenders in game week nine. Now, it wasn't huge. It was 0.48, but it did come out on top of other defenders. And again, that tells me as an owner... Great pick. Don't really care too much about fixtures. I actually think the fixtures are okay anyway in the next three. I think there's two good fixtures in the next three. I have no plans to sell Kieran Trippier. On to the midfielder stats. Bruno Fernandes, five chances created. His numbers are really good for the season. I'm probably going to sell him this week. Some people might be inclined to keep him. They've got Manchester City next. But then it's two good fixtures after that. It might be Fulham and Luton. So Bruno fine to sell I'm not going to say he's fine to keep because Manchester United haven't been great I thought we were pretty poor again against Sheffield United good to see Bruno getting points hit the crossbar as well but I still think there's better midfielders out there in other teams so Bruno five chances created Neto at Wolves Ward-Prowse and Diaby all created four chances at the weekend so I've removed Ward-Prowse from the watch list but he did create four chances Neto's having a fantastic season really good FPL pick and I still like Diaby as a pick from Aston Villa as well, even though his owners were disappointed in that fixture. Mbumo, 
Just a really good FPL pick. One of the best FPL picks there is this season. Really good numbers against Burnley. Six goal attempts, three from inside the box, four shots on target, and a very impressive non-penalty XGI of 1.56 in that game. So a lot of Mbumo owners are planning to sell this week because the fixtures are turning. Wildcarders this week probably won't have them. But I think he's just a good pick and could be a season keeper. I think we'll come back to him in the question section later. So Bosley at 7 million could become an option. And I mean, Liverpool have the fixtures now. So if you're ever going to take a punt on Soboslai, now might be the time. He had five goal attempts, but only one of them were from inside the box. But he also created four chances. He's got those corners as well. So Soboslai, one to keep an eye on at 7 million. Really good player. Good signing and hopefully a good FPL pick soon. Mohamed Salah, four shots in the box. Jota also had four shots in the box. So if you punted some wild carders and gave me 10, took a one-week punt on Jota and gave me 9, and you're unlucky because he had the chances, just didn't convert them into points. Neto and Palmer, both players had four goal attempts, three of them from inside the box. Lots of debate. Who is the best cheap midfielder? Palmer, Neto, Huang, Gordon. Plenty of good options there now. In terms of big chances, all of these players had two big chances at the weekend. Salah, Matoma, Gordon, Palmer and Huang. So Palmer popping up at 4.9 million. Gordon looks a really good pick in a really good Newcastle team. And Matoma, Brighton's fixtures are turning now as well. We're going to talk more about Matoma as well in the questions. Chris Woods, Nottingham Forest against Luton. Nottingham Forest striker, seven shots in the box, three big chances, 1.75 non-penalty XG. What does that tell me? Ollie Watkins could be a great captaincy candidate against Luton in game week 10. Watkins himself had four shots in the box, while Hoyland at Manchester United had two big chances, but failed to convert. Before I get stuck into the listener questions, a quick plug for my Patreon. FPL content creation is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. You'll get iTest podcasts on Tuesdays, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals and more. Thank you to everyone who sent across the questions. First one is from Simon King. Simon has two free transfers and no Salah. Also still have my first wildcard. What is the biggest hit you'd consider taking to get him over using the wildcard? For example, if I can get to him for a minus eight, which would be four transfers, would it be worth saving the wildcard? So I've been having to think about this one. I'm in the same boat. I've got two frees. I've got a wildcard. I don't have Salah. I want Salah. I think it might be a little bit easier for me. I can get Salah for free if I go for Palmer or Gordon. If you need a minus four for Salah, I also think that's absolutely fine. But when it gets to minus eight territory, I think minus eight, I'd probably just hit the wildcard button because there's an argument to be made for those of us who have the wildcard. Hopefully we'll get the benefit of it later if we don't use it this week or in the next couple of weeks. But there's no guarantee that we're going to get a big benefit from it if we keep it for, you know, game week 18, 19 or just before game week 20. So if you're looking at a minus eight in any game week, I would probably just pull the wild card. And certainly if you're heading towards minus 12, 8 points, 12 points. To me, it's a lot of points to give away to the field. Um, So when you've got the wild card available, I think I'd probably just use it. But minus 4, fine. Minus 8 is probably when I'd start thinking about playing it. Question from FPL Tom. As a fellow fixtures man, do you think we need to get Matoma and an Arsenal midfielder in at all costs for game week 10? So Matoma... 
Really good target this week. Brighton's fixtures are turning for the better. I think they've got Fulham this week. Arsenal have Sheffield United. Really good fixtures as well. And a lot of managers don't currently have an Arsenal attacker if they sold Saka during his injury. I don't have Saka. He's right at the top of the list, along with Salah for me, to get in this week. And because I don't have Salah yet, probably not going to get to Matoma just yet either. So, But again, fixtures for me are always the most important thing. Brighton are up there. Arsenal have a great fixture this week. So certainly Matoma and Saka, maybe even the likes of Martinelli, Odegaards or a Gabriel, an Arsenal defender, is a good place to go this week as well if you need to work on that area of your team. But yeah, certainly Matoma and Saka, very high on my wanted list. Question from FPL Risk Taker. In the upcoming five game weeks, who's the better pick, Diaby or Matoma? This question came in a few times. So I think a lot of wildcarders are probably debating this in that midfield spot around 6.5, 6.6. Both players are pretty similar. I think it might be 6.5 and 6.7. Matoma dropped in price a couple of days ago, which is good news for those of us who don't currently have him. Very difficult decision. So I tried to simplify this and looked at a few stats. Um, Diaby and Matoma, for the season so far, both have 44 points. So straight away, we're on an even keel. Diaby's got his with two goals, four assists. Matoma's got his points with three goals, three assists. Both teams play in Europe during the week, so they've both got both similar for that as well. One thing which I think might swing it for Matoma is the minutes. Diaby has been substituted six times early. Now, not always early. Some of them are, you know, 84, 86. But there's, you know, 60 minutes, 63, 64 minute substitutions in there as well. So Diaby's had six early substitutions and Matoma has had one early substitution, which was 80 minutes, and one benching. But that was when he came on at halftime and scored a brace. So when you contextualise this with 90 minute games, Matoma's played 90 minutes seven times. And Diaby's played 90 minutes just twice. So I think that's a big one for me. 790s versus 290s uh, is what swings it towards Matoma for me. I think the thing about the Aston Villa attack as well, you've got other options you can rely on. You've got Watkins. I do think Douglas Louise is a good option now as well. Whereas at Brighton, which other attacker can you confidently pick in terms of minutes? I still think Matoma's streets ahead of the others players like Ferguson and Fatty. Solly March is injured now, so we'll see how that affects things. A Dingra is an option, but I think most of us would agree that Matoma is the safest there. He's one of the first te- you know, first names on Deserby's team sheet. So if I was wildcarding this week, I would probably go Matoma over Diaby for those minutes. Question from Joe. Now with Douglas Louise banging goals and penalties, is he better to own than Diaby as a third Villa player? Joe already has Ollie Watkins and Maddie Cash. So Cash has blanked, I think, in the last two games, but I would still put Maddie Cash in my top three Aston Villa picks. And Watkins is obviously the best one, probably the top scoring FPL pick in the game. I think he was last week, so I presume he still is. The question then is. Is Diaby still a great pick? I do still think Diaby's a great pick, but when you've got Matomas, when you've got Gordons, you've got you've got other options there. If if you've got budget issues and you can't afford Diaby, I think Douglas Louise is absolutely fine. He's only about 5.5 million. You're not expecting much. Like I said earlier, there's routes to points with corners, set pieces, penalties, open play. I can't remember who it was, but I remember pre-season someone sent me a message saying, I think they had an Aston Villa... F- 
friend and they're watching a lot of Aston Villa preseason games and they, they mentioned Douglas Luiz specifically to me they said he's playing a lot further forward in preseason they reckon he's going to have a big year and I need to find out who that was because that was an absolutely brilliant shout um, need to go back through my WhatsApps, WhatsApps and find that one but obviously I didn't take take that advice on board and brushed it off and thought this is Douglas Luiz this is a DM this is not an FPL pick but things change in FPL and you've got to act on current information and at the moment Douglas Luiz is a perfectly viable cheap midfielder I'm still not going to go as far as saying he's in the top three, though. I still think Cash, I'm going to say Diaby, and I'm going to say Watkins. I'm not ready to put Louise ahead of Diaby just yet. Question from FPL Shoreham. Who would you sell for an Arsenal midfielder, Son or Madison? Very difficult to answer this question before Tottenham play on Monday night. But before the game, I'm inclined to sell Son. And it comes down to budget reasons. I still think Madison at whatever price I got him at could just stay there all season and tick along very nicely whereas with Youngman's son you need a little bit more from him because he's that little bit more expensive and he is outperforming Madison so far in terms of points It's I think it's about 7 or 8 points more obviously he got the out of position prospects we, we think Son probably takes penalties as well It'd be quite nice to find that out on Monday night which, which player gets penalties for Tottenham but yeah I'm inclined to sell Son for a Saka you know, I'm probably going to sell Bruno for Saka, but I'm open to selling Son for Saka as well. And maybe I sell both to get Salah and Saka somehow. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, it comes down to budget. But let's see let's see Monday night. I think we probably shouldn't ever really rely too much on one performance or one outcome. But let's face it, most of us do. Uh, those of us who are grass FC managers rather than analytics FC managers, we do put a lot of weight on recent performances. And, you know, for example, if Son bangs a brace tonight and Madison blanks, people will sell Madison for Saka and vice versa. If Madison delivers and Son doesn't, Son will probably be sold more so than he would be if he'd done well. And now the big one the big one here is this injury that Son's been carrying. You know, in a lot of games he's been kind of wincing, coming off early, looking like he's in pain. I think the same was when he was playing for South Korea during the break. So let's see minutes is a big one tonight as well. Because let's say Madison gets ninety and Son gets seventy. Again, that just swings it to Madison for me for the long term. So Hopefully Son doesn't pick up a, a significant injury and, and miss a couple of weeks, although that would make getting the likes of Saka and Salah easier, but we don't like wishing injuries on players. But yeah, at the moment, I don't have any really consideration for selling Madison, and there's there's certainly a possibility that Son goes for me this week. Not that it feels good, but there's a lot of other players I want to own more so than Son, those players that I mentioned. Question from Tin of Beans FPL. I'll be opening a tin myself after this to get my breakfast after recording. Would keeping Mbumo be a silly idea? Definitely not a silly idea. I said it earlier, read off some stats. Fantastic FPL pick this season. Fixtures wouldn't bother me too much if I owned them because I think he can deliver in any fixture. Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal in the next four. So not great, but remember West Ham is a good fixture for attackers. Liverpool, Arsenal, not great there. But after that, if you sell Mbumo now, or if, you, if you're if you on a wild card this week and you don't pick him, just keep in mind you're going to want him in about five game weeks' time because there's a little stretch of Luton, Brighton, Sheffield United, three games in a row. So if I owned him, I think I'd be probably keeping him given what he's done so far this season and knowing that I'll want him for Luton, Brighton, Sheffield United. If he ticks along, it doesn't have to be explosive. If he ticks along nicely in those more difficult fixtures, couple of assists a goal or two you know that'll be absolutely fine so and Bumo's a tricky one if you have him but I would probably be inclined to keep him but it's obviously a lot easier for me to say that when I haven't owned him all season question from Joel Gleisher 
I've held Rashford for long enough now that letting him go feels strange with good fixtures in game week 11 and game week 12. Is there a better time to get rid of him? Joel, sit down, log into FPL, click on your team, click on Rashford's profile, remove player, pick anyone else. Don't fall into the trap of keeping him. Manchester City next, should you just get rid of him? Yes, it's Fulham and Luton after that, but there is honestly about 30 to 40 better FPL midfielders that provide better bang for your buck so far this season than Rashford. So if you've held them this long, don't be stubborn. Doesn't look right. United don't look right. Get rid for a better FPL pick. Question from Scourge. Players like Foden and Diaby are passing the eye test for me but not delivering. How do you approach players that just aren't getting the points but look decent? Yeah, so this is a common occurrence in FPL. You'll have players in your team that you'll watch the game. They look good, maybe look like getting points but just don't get them. And to be fair to Diaby, he has done it so far this season. Earlier in the campaign, Foden not so much. When I've got a player that is not delivering but they're passing the eye test, what do I look at next? They've got to have good underlying statistics and they've got to have good fixtures. So Diaby's got the fixtures. Foden, Manchester City always have the fixtures, but do both players have the underlying numbers? So a stat I like to look at is expected goal involvement. So this adds your expected goals and your expected assists together. So for this question, and specifically Foden and Diaby, they're passing the eye test for Joe, but are their underlying statistics good? I would argue they are not, because when you look at expected goal expected goal involvement for the whole season, Foden ranks 35th among midfielders. So straight away, there's 34 midfielders who have a better XGI than Foden. So when, you, when, you're, when you've got a player that's that far down the list now, if it was you know somewhere between 10th and 20th, maybe I'd be okay to hold them. But that tells me straight away there's lots and lots of better FPL picks than Foden. And Diaby is not much better. Diaby ranks 23rd for expected goal involvement. Now, we talked about Diaby and Matoma earlier. Diaby ranks 23rd. Matoma ranks 11th. So, Matoma ranks a lot better than Diaby here for expected goal involvement. So, they might be passing the eye test, but to me, Foden and Diaby don't have good enough underlying statistics. I think in Diaby's case, because the fixtures are so good in the short term, I would keep him if you have him. But when it's Foden... I would probably be inclined to sell. While we're on the subject of expected goal involvement for midfielders, I was having a little look at the guys at the top. So it's the usual names here. So the top eight are Salah, Mbumo, Saka, Bruno Fernandes, Madison, Son, Neto and Bowen. And of those seven players, 11, sorry, of those seven, seven of those eight players are in the top 11 midfielders in FPL for points scored so there's quite a good correlation here between expected goal involvement and actual FPL points over the first nine game weeks the only exception there you can probably guess which of those eight players is not in the top 11 FPL point scorers it's Bruno Fernandes so you could argue Bruno's been slightly unlucky not to have more FPL points so far throwing a couple of penalties and he would be right up there question from Alex Ball would you consider Alvarez to Darwin this week? I wouldn't is the short answer because Alvarez to me is a, is an FPL gift this season. He was extremely cheap. He's getting the minutes, plays for the best team and he's getting points. So if I owned Alvarez, I would see absolutely no reason to sell him. Uh, Darwin, I can understand it because of the fixtures, but I don't understand it, understand it because of the minutes. Because, you know, again, game week nine on the bench. 
you just can't rely on Darwin. Um, maybe there's still some niggling issues there that he's been carrying or something. But I know he just came back from from international break. But but so did Alvarez. You know, both players South Americans, but Alvarez gets the minutes and Darwin doesn't. So for me, Alvarez is a keep. If you have him, there's no reason to sell him. He's doing the business. It feels like one of those. If you do sell him, you might regret it because if he keeps doing it, you'll think, why did I sell him? And you get a Darwin who maybe doesn't get as many minutes. Um, nine returns in nine games for Alvarez. That's all I need to hear or read for me to keep him. Question from Metalloid Maniac. Do I absolutely need to get Trippier? Two free transfers, but I'd probably need to sell Son or Salah to get him, which I don't really want to do. already have Burn as my piece of the Newcastle defence. You don't absolutely need to get Trippier, and it's the same with, with most players this season. There's every manager you talk to, if you ask them a question, you'll say, is there one player that you really want that you don't have? They will give you a name. They'll give you a Trippier. They'll give you a Watkins or a Salah or a Haaland or a Saka or a Son. There's so many good picks out there. You can't have them all. If you don't currently have Trippier and you missed out on the points, there's there's a case to be made for that the best fixtures are behind them. I still think he's a fantastic pick, but if you need to sell Son or Salah to get him, I don't love it. In particular, if Son does well Monday night, you're not going to sell either player. So in that case, you probably just plow on without him and you trust your team to deliver. The question, the not the questions, the fixtures for Newcastle are Wolves, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Manchester United. Now, Newcastle are a fantastic team, one of the best teams in the league for underlying metrics. I like the Wolves fixture. Don't like the Arsenal fixture, but I do like the Bournemouth fixture. So I like two of the next three fixtures for Newcastle. So I've got no concerns. And I'm thinking about get, getting Salah and Saka possibly this week. More than likely just getting one of them. But absolutely nothing I've looked at involves losing Trippier. Because I'm not losing them. I'm not losing Watkins. They're delivering. Great picks. Absolutely no reason to sell. Final question is from Paul Goldsmith. What's the best goalkeeper pair to own right now and for the next few weeks? I think the short answer here is there's bloody no good goalkeepers this season. When you look at the points, I think Johnston's top, Leno's second. I own Johnston. Again, do I feel fantastic about it? Not really, even though he's the top scoring goalkeeper, which sounds odd. Would I be in a rush to buy Leno? No, even though he's the second highest. A lot of wildcarders over the last few weeks have gone for Ariola and Turner just because there isn't many other options. So you spend the minimum. Ariola. 4.2 million, 4.3 million, but just conceded four, don't have good underlying numbers. So I think if you are wildcarding this week, you probably do need to look elsewhere. Try and spend a little bit extra and try and get some actual goalkeeper points. So David Rye is an option at Arsenal, although he's looked a bit shaky himself in, in recent games and he's got a good backup behind him for competition. So that's a little bit scary. If you're going for Rye, you've probably got to put Ariola as well instead of Turner, just for a bit of security. But yeah, goalkeepers is really, really tricky. Usually at this stage, we've got a good 4.5 option. Maybe Johnson is that. Maybe I'm just being... I don't, know why, I don't know why I don't feel great about him, even though I own him. Maybe because I've benched a few of his points. Um, Johnston's got Tottenham next, which is not great, but then the fixtures are pretty good for three or four games after that. So maybe it is Johnston. I, I think Leno's always a good FPL pick. He, he's, he racks up a lot of saves and does well in the bonus points. But maybe the answer still is Ariola and Turner. Um, the, you know, the question then is, in a couple of weeks' time, if, we are, if Ariola continues to, to disappoint in West Ham, you know, don't keep clean sheets. How do you, how do you upgrade? You're going to need a little bit of cash. So... Sorry there's no answer here for who's the best goalkeeper pairing because I don't think anyone knows the answer to that just yet. Moving on now to captaincy, bus team and transfers for Gimme 10. Captaincy first of all, 
Again, lots of good options this week. Top of my list, Ollie Watkins at home to Luton. I know he doesn't have the penalties against the likes of Salah, Haaland, Saka, if he actually decides to take one, and maybe Hyungman's son as well if he's on penalties. But the fixture at home to Luton, we mentioned Chris Wood's numbers earlier. Watkins is in the form of his life. He's aiming for 20 goals for the season. He's been good to me all year. Maybe this is the week where I say thank you, Ollie. Thank you for all the points. Take the armband. Lead us into battle and bang in a hat-trick against Luton. So we'll see how I feel about that on Friday. But at the moment, Ollie Watkins is the captain in my team. Partly because I don't have Saka and I don't have Salah. And I'm and by Friday night, I'll have at least one of them, if not two. So Saka is a great captaincy candidate at home to Sheffield United. Salah is at home to Nottingham Forest. Again, an excellent captaincy candidate. Haaland might be down the list for me this week. So this will be the first week possibly where I don't captain Haaland away to Manchester United. Although I think it's still a good captaincy shout. It's a good fixture. And Son is away to Crystal Palace. So, you know, Palace did concede quite a few in in the most recent game week, but I still back them to frustrate teams, most teams. Um, So I don't think I'll be going for captain Son if he survives my transfers, that is, in you know later in the week. So, at the moment, Watkins has the armbands, but Saka and Salah coming in will be big, big competition for the armband, I think, in my team over Watkins. So we'll see how we'll come back to that on Friday's episode. I'll give you an update on transfers and captains and see where I'm see where I'm at. Then in terms of the bus team, it's looking like before I make any transfers, I've got two frees. Johnston, Trippier, Cash, Gabriel, Son Madison, Bruno Bowen, Haaland, Alvarez and Ollie Watkins. I'm asking myself, where are the weakest links there? Thankfully, there's not too many. Gabriel's got a great fixture this week. Son of Madison are against Palace. I don't mind losing one of those guys. Uh, more open to losing Son, as I mentioned earlier. Bruno's got Manchester City, so it feels like an okay time to lose him. Elsewhere, I think the strikers are fine and Jared Bowen is fine. So, transfer thoughts. I've noted down four options. Option one, wildcard. Don't think I'm going to be doing that because my team's in good shape and I've got two frees. Don't feel like I need to wildcard. I can get to at least some of my targets with two frees or maybe three transfers for a minus four. Option two, the simple option, Bruno to Saka and roll the other transfer. So get Saka for Sheffield United, possible captaincy candidate, gets rid of Bruno, but obviously means no Salah. And if I don't get Salah this week, yeah, I say I might not get him for a while, but I'd still have the option to follow me because I'd have two frees again. Option three, Son to Salah, Bruno to a cheap midfielder. So you've got Gordon, Neto, Palmer or Douglas Louise. That sounds pretty good. Son gets me Salah and Bruno to someone like a Gordon, who I probably prefer to those guys. The other option there is if I didn't sell Bruno, if I sold Madison instead, I would have to get Palmer, the cheapest option there. So I wouldn't be able to afford Gordon, Louise or Neto. I probably should mention Huang here as well, but I do prefer Neto from the Wolves attack. Option four, now this is the crazy one, the minus four. Son, Madison and Bruno Fernandes out. Straight away, that sounds nuts. But you're bringing in Salah and Saka and Palmer. For for a hit, so very interested to hear your thoughts on those. If you're if you're if you're on Twitter, if you're on YouTube or whatever, if there's a comment section wherever you are, stick your thoughts in there. Should it be should it be a wild card? Should it be Bruno to Saka? Should it be Son to Salah and Bruno to Gordon? Or should it be the crazy minus four Son Madison Bruno to Salah Saka Palmer? So really tricky week for transfers this weekend. 
I'm kind of hoping something happens, Champions League, Europa League, Conference League, that you know might just help me make a decision. I'm not wishing an injury on anyone, but in a week like this, it would be quite handy to be kind of pointed in the right direction. So I'm trying to I'm trying not to sit in the fence here. Where am I, where am I on Monday? I'm not looking at a wild card, so I think I'm going to rule out option one. I do like Bruno Tosaka and Roland, but I don't feel comfortable without Salah. And I think the form that Salah's in, the fixtures that Salah has, the damage that Salah's been doing to me, the fact that I can get to him for free or for a minus four, I think it would be silly not to. So I'm probably going to get Salah. The question then is, do I get Saka as well or do I just kind of forego Saka maybe until around game 12? So maybe option three is what I like most. Um, Son to Salah and Bruno to someone like Gordon. But all eyes on Son, his minutes, his fitness and all of that on Monday night. And we'll give you an update on transfers on Friday. Thank you for taking the time to listen, folks. Have a great week and I'll talk to you again after the pressers. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can simply buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Anyone who buys me a coffee these days, I also send them an invite to my FPL Discord channel. So if that's something you're interested in, it's an easy way to get in there. Goodbye for now and talk to you soon. Podcast Network.